Welcome back to this week's episode of the Coger Center Arts Roundup. You're listening with Nate Terracio. So I'm excited that uh, we've got Mark Rapp back in the studio with us. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm super excited that we have managed somehow, Mark, to put together two great concerts on November the 8th. Yeah. Well, it's really the, kind of the same concert twice, but for two different groups. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're we're going to have 1,800 screaming third graders, <laughs> and not just screaming because they're third graders, but screaming for jazz music. I'll be screaming, too. <laughs> uh, at the Coker Center for the Arts at 10 a.m. We've got the Richland School District 1 third grade, yeah. like the whole third grade. It's incredible. It's unprecedented. Uh, for celebrating South Carolina's jazz culture. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So um, let's talk about the concert. Right? So, so we're celebrating South Carolina's jazz culture. We have a heck of a jazz culture, don't we? We, we actually do. It's, it's pretty incredible, the, the culture and the musicians that have come out of South Carolina, what was developed in South Carolina. You know, New Orleans reigned supreme as the birthplace of jazz, but what a lot of people don't realize is at the exact same time that jazz was being developed and cultivated in New Orleans, the exact same thing was happening in Charleston. Charleston was a, equally a port city, just like New Orleans. Charleston equally had diverse cultures coming in and out of it had uh, the, the same um, experiences with different music and different rhythms and so things were happening simultaneously um, and, and it just it grew from there it's it's a fascinating history and some of the some of the best musicians playing in the best bands came from uh, South Carolina now I'm gonna let you describe this but there was a uh, orphanage is that what it like mm -hmm. right in, exactly. in in Charleston yep that um, where the director of the or orphanage or uh, mm. felt like music was an important part of, mm. uh, of not only like life, but in the ability that the students, the, the young people that he was in charge with, um, that would have fuller lives if they really un fully understood music. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just getting them together to play. He really taught them rigorously mm -hmm. how to become top-notch musicians. Yeah, that, that right? was the uh, Jenkins Orphanage in Charleston, and it was Reverend Jenkins who ran the orphanage. Uh, at the time, there was a lot of tuberculosis going around, and so he was clever enough to realize that if the kids were exercising their lungs regularly, that they're less prone to, to contract this disease. So he had them playing you know, brass instruments and trombones and trumpets and tubas and clarinets and, and whatnot and formed this band, and he saw the value in music like everyone from uh, philosopher Aristotle saw and Plato saw in the, in the value of music and was teaching the kids, you know, math, teaching them life, you know, the, the life skills that you need about diligent study, about patience, about listening, about communication, um, about applying yourself to a craft, about, uh, you know, over, overcoming adversity. And these kids, they, they became amazing entertainers, and, and they actually were making uh, money for the orphanage. Um, they were you know, able to support themselves. He took them on a world tour. I mean, he took the Jenkins Orphanage Band around the world. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, and a lot of incredible players came up through the Jenkins Orphanage. And then th they, in turn, found them their way into some of the biggest bands yeah. uh, of the day. Yeah, so, so uh, this is really just broad stroke, broad stroke stuff, but... As a as an example, so and, and 
again, this is broad stroke, and there's, you know, it's not just black and white here, but um, the New Orleans musicians weren't as studied as the Charleston musicians. In so terms for, of, like, reading music. In terms of reading music. Music theory. Music theory, these kind of things. New Orleans musicians had the spirit, and they could solo and improvise, but Charleston musicians, they could explain the music. They So they, a lot of times, the Charleston musicians ended up like in Count Basie Band, the Duke Ellington Band, and they would be the section leaders teaching the music because they knew how to read the music and, and whatnot, and it was like the New Orleans musicians were the improvisers and soloists. Again, that's just kind of a, a generality, but that's kind of, kind of basically the, the situation. But it, I, I would, I'm going to just jump right in and, and make a bold statement and say that it seems to me that without Reverend Jenkins and without these Charleston musicians, some of these really great bands wouldn't have maybe, we wouldn't have some of the music or all of the music that we currently have without uh, these bands having these musicians that's in it and really like leading the way. That's worthy of conversation, worthy of argument <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But it, and it goes it goes beyond just the music as well. You know, the dance came out of the Charleston. The Charleston dance was was formulated in Charleston. Um, a lot of the dock workers that went up to New York City, um, were, they brought this uh, Charleston dance with them. And so, for example, um, ragtime pianist and composer James P. Johnson, who was based up in New York City, saw these Charleston dancers and he actually wrote tunes inspired by their dancing and he wrote the the um, the Charleston or the Carolina Shout was one of his famous compositions and that was directly because of Charleston um, musicians and dancers traveling up north and and spreading what they were doing in South Carolina uh, you had a uh, trumper like Bubber uh, Miley who came out of Aiken and he was the inventor of the growling trumpet sound you know he's the, the with the the plunger mute and all that yeah it's we have an incredible history it's, it's amazing and then right here uh, i guess out of columbia the big apple mm -hmm. uh, there was not yep. only the big apple which the building still stands today mm -hmm. uh which was a club but the, that inspired there's a whole dance called the big apple mm -hmm. um that became a sort of nationwide craze yeah. as yeah. well so we, we right inspired in some art you right did. out of, yeah, right out of south carolina and then uh, I feel like no conversation about South Carolina jazz culture it can overlook um, one of the greatest horn players of gen jazz music, uh, Dizzy Gillespie. Exactly, yeah, right out of Chiraw, South Carolina. Chiraw, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, Dizzy Gillespie, one of the uh, inventors of bebop music and one of the greatest trumpet players ever and, and an, an ambassador of jazz, um, yeah, out of South Carolina. So... You've put this concert together to really celebrate this. Uh, I, I feel like we were trying to educate the uh, third graders on mm -hmm. uh, why you should be proud about South Carolina, mm -hmm. teach them a little bit about the history, because mm -hmm. they're going to learn all of this uh, through the concert, but we're going to yep. play them some really killer music that's mm -hmm. going to get them up on their feet mm -hmm. um, and and get them a real appreciation hopefully we'll get some jazz lovers uh, you know I into the rest of their careers indeed um wh what kind of music can we expect uh for them to hear yeah well swing is infectious and i guarantee you from the very first few notes they're going to be tapping their feet and bobbing their heads and they're not even going to realize that they're listening to something called jazz they're just going to be enjoying the music so it's got great rhythms it's fun it, it's uh, energetic uh, we're going to be playing a, a lot of swing music from, from the early part of jazz, early part of the century. Um, we've got Richard Durlock who's going to come in. He's going to um, 
show us some of the the dancing that came out of South Carolina. He's actually going to teach the kids some some of these moves, so they're going to be dancing along with that. Um, we've got oh, we also have a history with Gershwin, who wrote uh, some of his famous pieces right here. Right, right, and then of course uh, one of his famous uh, the operetta Porgy and Bess mm -hmm. is. Uh, Set the setting is uh, Charleston, South yeah. Carolina. We got a fabulous uh, vocal student from the University of South Carolina Music Department going to be singing. Uh, it's it's going to be a diverse, incredible concert. And the musicians we're we're calling them the Cola Jazz Little Big Band. Yeah, the Cola Jazz Little Big Band, the band that could. So this band uh, has been a long time uh, vision of mine, and uh, finally the right situations have come together uh, for it to uh, come into existence. And I'm excited that the debut concert is going to be for you know 2,000 third graders. It's, it's going to be incredible. So tell us, what is a traditional jazz big band? So a traditional jazz big band has anywhere from four to five trumpets, uh, four trombones, about five saxophones, which is tenor sax, alto sax, baritone sax. You've got rhythm section, uh, bass, drums, guitar, and piano. So that's usually anywhere from uh, 14 to 17 piece, 18 piece. Sometimes you got vocalist. So big band is a, is a rather big entity. Um, what we're achieving with the little big band is capturing that same big band sound, but with uh, far less players. So our big band is officially a nonet, which is a nine piece. So you got two trumpets, trombone, uh, two saxophones. You got your rhythm section, piano, bass, drums, and uh, vocalist. Uh, and so we're able to still present all these great arrangements from Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Gil Evans, um, Benny Goodman, so on and so forth. Um, but it, it's, just, it's an effective ensemble. It's a lot easier to tour and, and, and move around the state and work with. And uh, you mentioned Benny Goodman. Uh, one of the things that uh, I learned is uh, that often when you find a saxophone player, y they also play the clarinet, mm -hmm. so we're, we're going to get some yep. clarinet in there. Exactly, yeah. I've got a fabulous musician out, out of Florence. His name is Roderick Brown, and he plays all the woodwinds, I'm, I'm all of them, from oboe to bassoon to tenor to alto to clarinet to flute to anything that's in the woodwind family he plays. That's crazy talk. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> when so he, he's, he's when a single <laughs> reed and double reed player. When he shows up at a gig, he's, he has like 15 cases. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he so he's going to be one of our uh, woodland. He's players. one of our featured musicians. So we we've got musicians coming out of Greenville, from Charleston, uh, from Columbia, from Florence, so from across a whole state, representing um, you know the greatness uh, that we have here in South Carolina. Right. So this is celebrating South Carolina's jazz culture, both historically, but it, its present incarnation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's and that's just for the third graders, man. And, and then, then that evening, we've we're got a show that night at seven thirty yeah. in the lobby. And that's that's gonna be a little more adult oriented. So the way I speak will change a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> some of the stories I tell may change a little bit. And we're going to expand the repertoire as well. We're going to play some more music because uh, our morning program is only about an hour long. In the evening, we've got two sets. Um, but we're man, we're gonna have a blast. It's it's so much fun. It, what what are you most looking forward to playing for folks? If we if we wanted to pick one, uh, we, we don't need to give away the whole set list. But uh, if you, if there's one thing that you wanted to pick talk about that you were excited mm. about, uh, uh geez, I, I don't even know. I mean, where this is, to is begin. it? Are we going to mostly be sort of 20s and 30s era 
big band music or, mm. or are we branching out of that as well into other stuff yeah we're branching out for sure but m- uh, the pr- mostly the program's going to be from from the swing era f- uh, presenting some of this great duke ellington uh, big band music uh but we're also going to you know as you mentioned dizzy gillespie so that's bebop era so that's a lot later uh so we're going to break it down and feature different musicians in the band in a quartet or quintet situation to present some of that so it's going to be pretty diverse in, in our programming Fantastic. So this is uh, live in the lobby at the Coger Center for the Arts uh, with the Cola Jazz Little Big Band. Uh, the evening concert is November 8th at 7.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be fresh from entertaining uh, 1,800 to 2,000 third uh, graders that morning. We'll have beer and wine available. Beer and wine <laughs> available. Uh, not for the third graders. Not, uh, <laughs> the evening concert. Maybe beer, for the teachers. <laughs> beer and wine available. We've, we've got a fantastic sponsorship from Simi Winery, so they'll be providing uh, wine uh-huh. uh, f- um, with your ticket uh, for the evening concert. So you... Uh, Sit on the lo- in the lobby and uh, look out at the uh, stars. Uh, Rice Music House is bringing us a real piano um, that fits in the elevator that comes all the way up to the <laughs> second floor. So this is it's on important. the <laughs> grand tier level. Um, so we're going to have a, g- a fantastic piano. We're going to have wine. We're going to have this live band. Uh, really bringing it home to show us how much jazz music really means to the state of South Carolina. Uh, not only historically, but but currently, it's amazing. It's it's so cool. So often we we, you know, we there's that thing. The grass is always greener. We always look outside. And go, oh man, if only I lived in Washington D.C. or New York or L.A. or Houston or Dallas or whatever. But we've got it going on here, man. We got a lot going on. Yes, we should be proud and supportive. Very proud, yeah. Supportive of your local musicians. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we've put together not only this uh, South Carolina jazz culture celebration uh, that we got on November 8th, but we've got a whole series in Live in the Lobby trying to support uh, local musicians, but musicians in a whole. So it's not all just c- Columbia folks, but uh, um, upcoming concerts include Dante Lewis on the mm-hmm. saxophone, and that's going to be Wednesday, January 15th. Uh, Mark, I'm, g- I'm going to read people out. You're going to tell sure. us, hopefully, a li- just a little bit about them so people sure. know what to expect. So Don- Dante's a Colombian native. He is. Um, An expert, expert, smooth saxophonist. Jaxof- <laughs> <laughs> smooth jazz saxophonist. He's an expert saxophonist, too. Uh, yeah, Dante's a sweetheart of a cat, an amazing musician. He's got some phenomenal records out, puts out a hell of a show. It's just, he's incredible. Uh, so that, that's our January concert. Um, uh, on Tuesday, March 17th, uh, we've got some of the University of South Carolina jazz faculty taking a look at the Beatles songbook. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of a headline by uh, Bert Ligon on the piano. Um, Bert uh, did, I, I think, take one of this as a part of Cola Jazz Night mm-hmm. at, uh, was it uh, 1626 yes. on Main? Exactly. We do a monthly listening room series at 1626 Main. They did uh, this concert uh, celebrating the Beatles, and it was a tremendous hit. So we're, we're super excited that they're going to bring it to uh, live in the lobby. Uh, Bert Ligon is an amazing pianist, incredible arranger, and the faculty at USC um, Jazz Department are just world class, truly just world class. So that, that's going to be a heck of a show as well. So that's uh, ironically again March seventeenth, uh, two thousand twenty. So we seem to be uh, keeping with the uh, March seventeenth date um, at, in in the lobby, and then um, we're bringing in 
some guys out of Charleston, mm -hmm. uh, Gino Castillo and the Cuban Cowboys. Yeah, Gino's a real deal. He is a, a Cuban native uh, living in Charleston and presents the most amazing Cuban Latin music. Every show he does is simply phenomenal. You, even if you don't dance, you will be dancing w within a couple of minutes. That that music is so infectious. Um, that show is just wow. I'm so excited for that. So it's diverse programming is really fantastic. Uh, and then we're rounding it out with the Midsummer Night Swing. We've got the Flat Out Strangers, uh, a lo lo local. Sort of like all-star band kind yeah. of. Yeah. Dick yeah. Goodwin's going to be playing with them. Yeah, Dick Goodwin's going to be in there blowing his trumpet. Um, yeah, the Flat Out Strangers are a beloved uh, gypsy jazz group. They play a lot around town, and just people love them. They have a fantastic repertoire. And they're doing a type of music that, that isn't um, usually played. And, and again, very much like Latin music and Cuban music, it, it's rhythmically um, exciting. It's harmonically fun. Uh, it, it, it's just a blast. So you can get up and dance. Oh, that's, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so we've got a couple of uh, concerts where really it's about, yeah, you know, enjoying the music in more ways than one. Yeah, and November 8th as well. We, we expect everyone to be up there swing dancing, right. swaying, and you grooving around. So don't don't be shy. Wear your mm -hmm. dancing shoes to the concert. That's right. We, we have liquid courage there for you, so you'll be all right. Yes, liquid <laughs> courage. Um, so the... Here, right here in Columbia, we've got all of these great musicians within, you know, uh, Stone's Throw. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Gina's coming in from um, Charleston, our, our opening concert, the music of Fred Rogers with Kevin Bales. He came in from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But, m you know, most of these folks are uh, Columbia-bound, uh, not, if not com from Columbia, like Dante, at least their, mm -hmm. their home is here. Um, now, Mark, you're from Florence, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, you resettled into Columbia mm -hmm. and formed this uh, Cola Jazz Collective, mm -hmm. this Cola Jazz thing. Um, yeah. Which really is with the, the guys, uh, under the guise of like tying uh, all, us all together. Exactly. Yeah, I, I um, you know, spent time down in New Orleans and New York and Europe and been very fortunate to tour all around the world and play with, with some of the best musicians on the planet. And I found myself back living in Colombia and very quickly realized and was surrounded by just world-class musicians based right here in Colombia. And I said, oh, my God, this is, I, I had no idea. And at the same time, I realized a lot of people didn't have an idea of that, that we had so much talent. So Cola Jazz originated with uh, a compilation CD highlighting all these great musicians, and that developed into a website to farther highlight the scene. We've got dedicated jazz calendar, um, and now we do an uh, annual festival. We do a summer jazz camp. We do a monthly listening room series. Um, we you know, have resources that musicians can use to, to better promote themselves and, and their gigs. Um, so we just do our, we do outreach programs, go into the children's hospital. We do after school programs in partnership with boys and girls clubs and uh, Jazz and Lincoln Center. Um, we're doing the Jazz for Young People concerts in partnership with, uh, with the Coger Center for the Arts. Uh, just doing everything we can to uplift our community and, and our art, arts culture. And it's multifaceted, you know. We are the capital city, and I'm doing everything in my power to 
make us a vibrant, thriving arts capital of the Southeast, as we deserve to be and ought to be. We've got the talent, we've got the resources, uh, but I'm also trying to serve the state because we have amazing musicians throughout the state. We've got great jazz organizations in Hilton Head, Myrtle Beach, Florence, uh, Charleston, Greenville, um, and just trying to bring us all together and support each other. Um, and, and it's just phenomenal what's happening. So a real center for jazz music is uh, Cola Jazz, based out of Columbia, South mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, yeah colajazz.com, check it out. Mm. So uh, in my hands, uh, it's, f- it's funny to, to hear, I'm, I'm going to rattle this. This is the sound of a CD case. Unbelievable. I, I don't know. So uh, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, this used to be, like, my life, right? Yeah. Like, um, I, I feel like when I was younger, you would go to somebody's house, and it, y- you would measure them up by, like, flipping through their book of CDs, or they would have these CD cases mm-hmm. in a s- tower, and you would, you know, they would step out of the room to get something, and you would gravitate over and be like, all right, what have they got? Yeah. Um, but in my hand, I've got the Cola Jazz CD that you referred mm-hmm. to. This is volume one. So is this yeah. the first one you put out? That's the first one we put out, and we've got a volume two that was released actually just digitally. See? <laughs> and that's on Spotify and iTunes, so you can find it there. But um, it's funny you bring that up because I actually just invested in a, uh, a record player and played my first vinyl record in my house uh, this afternoon. I played a Benny Goodman record. Right, so you, you stumbled into like a, like a collection of like actual recordings. Yeah, yeah it, it's, man, I tell you, I, f- I feel so fortunate and so blessed. Um, Cola Jazz, um, fortunately, were off, often gifted these amazing artifacts of jazz and this uh, lady called me up and her father had passed away unfortunately and uh, he had this tremendous record collection and she gifted the entire record collection to cola jazz and so forward thinking we're we're going to plan some listening room sessions uh hopefully at the Cogar center hint, right hint, on. hint where we right will on. um Absolutely. listen down these records we may have a live band that would then play you know some of the tunes we heard on the record we'll talk about the record and the history and just have some cool you know listening workshop sessions uh so we're going to utilize these assets that have been given to us so it's really but, cool so one of the things I want to do, I, I'd love to tell us about the artists, a little bit about the artists who are on, on volume one, and then let's pick one and, and, and play play a tune. Cool. Yeah. Uh, ev- everyone's on this record from uh, the before mentioned uh, Bert Ligon to uh, Bryson Borgstead, who uh, used to teach at USC, a brilliant saxophonist. We've got Dick Goodwin on here. Uh, Skip Pearson is on here, uh, the great legendary Skip Pearson. Uh, Jim Mings is on here, uh, who's uh, an amazing guitar player. Reggie Sullivan, Tony Lee, Zach Bingham, uh, Mike Frost, Monty Craig, Glennis Martin, Jay Ware, Chris Church. Um, it just goes on. Amos Hoffman, who's uh, a phenomenal, so phenomenal guitarist. All of these cats were right here in Columbia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That's <laughs> really and awesome. You, you got them all together and uh, got the CD put out. So it's a yeah. pretty, pretty impressive sort of who's who of local jazz. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll continue this trend towards making Columbia a uh, sort of jazz center of the southeast. Amen. Yeah. So what are you in the mood for, Mark? What should we play? Oh, man. I don't know. All 13 tracks. 
<laughs> it's really hard to choose one. Uh, Skip Pearson did a cool version of Sissy Strut, which is a little bit of a funk tune. That might be kind of fun to check out. All right. Is that what, is that track number four? Track number five. Track and that's number got five? Uh, Shannon Pinckney on, on keyboards, who was also a beloved uh, keyboard player around town. Shannon Pinckney. He's awesome. So before we get into Sissy Strut, um, anything else you want to leave folks knowing uh, about Cola Jazz, about the jazz scene, about the upcoming concerts? Uh, I, I think uh, if, if you can, if you're around on November 8th, definitely come to that concert that evening. It is such a unique venue and such a fun night out. Um, it's it's amazing for a date night. It's, it's such a... It's just such a unique experience, and it sounds so good in there. The vibe is really cool. It's it's upscale, but it's so welcoming and down-to-earth. Uh, it's for everybody. You could dress nice if you want. You could be casual if you want. Um, it, there's just nothing like it around Columbia, so I just really highly encourage everyone to come out November 8th. And this is a, uh, this is a concert that we've been working on for weeks now. Yeah. So this is not a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants concert where you go to a bar and, and everyone sits around and says what do you yep. want to play next uh, th this is going to be a rehearsed well thought out nine piece band uh, nine piece band cool arrangements bringing it's you really the best of the history of jazz music yeah um so uh, w with that, we'll let Mark go on with his busy life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here this week. The Coker Center Arts Roundup is produced in part by Garnet Media Group, the student media partnership at the University of South Carolina. Information about tickets and upcoming events can be found at cogercenterforthearts.com, the official website for Coger Center tickets. For more information about Garnet Media Group, visit garnetmedia.org.